What's up, everybody? Welcome to the JKR Podcast. My name is Jay Strigling. I'm going to be your host. Let's get into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. My name is Jay Shrigling, and I'm the host. Today is episode number 13. We've got Tyler Alamo on the show today, former cup prospect turned RV salesman for Forest River. Remember watching this guy play in South Bend, absolute stud of a catcher, can absolutely hit bombs. He's from the L.A. area and recently moved back to the best part of Indiana. We got LaGrange County right here. Today we talk about his draft stories, a little bit of him working with MVP Sports Group, his agency, um, some memorable stories he has about fans and some of his teammates back in his career. Um, Let's see. Also talk about his career, his new career in sales. So we'll dig into that a little bit. And then to end off the show, we'll discuss some new menu items for a new bar coming to the LaGrange area soon. I'll catch you guys in the interview. All right, we've got Tyler Alamo, former Chicago Cub prospect turned RV salesman on the show today. Tyler, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I remember watching you play ball in South Bend a few years ago and I saw your name here in Northeast Indiana. I was like, man, I got to try to get this guy on the show. But let's start, uh, off yeah. a little, let's start off a little bit by having you introduce yourself so the listeners know who you are. Uh, well, my name is Tyler Alamo. I am originally from the L.A. area. Um, I lived there for 23 years of my life. Um, and then playing for the South Bend Cubs throughout the Chicago Cubs farm system, met my fiance and moved out to northern indiana about two years ago so i live here now and i have a great career and um yeah i've moved on from baseball and going in a different direction yeah and living in northern indiana you actually ate at my parents restaurant so how good was that oh yeah small world i uh it's one of the really really good places to eat for lunch and one of the only places (laughs) yeah so uh, let's get a little bit into your career here to start off but you were drafted out of high school. So what was that process like leading up to the draft? Were there a lot of scouts at your high school games? Were there team workouts before the draft? How'd that all uh, pan out? Yeah, so uh, typically early in your high school career, um, you'll start getting looked at in the Southern California area especially. Um, They have these things called scout teams. Um, It's pretty much your local area scouts that put together um, a roster of coaches and they go and handpick prospects for the draft in the upcoming years. So you'll play on Sundays in the off season when you're not playing your high school ball. Um, and you'll play against other scout teams. So, um, I played with the Kansas city Royals played with the, uh, Milwaukee Brewers. Um, and some teams are better than others. Uh, I played for one team that would play junior college teams and I was 14, 15. So, um, you get that exposure along with high school baseball is big there. Um, so typically you'll, you'll see the scouts start flooding in, um, especially if you have a guy or two on each team that are looking to get drafted. You'll see a lot of them out there, but you'll get letters sent to your house. Um, I've even had 
three or four teams sit down at my dinner table and talk to me when I was 17 years old. So that's kind of how it goes. And then, you know, the day comes, you're in talks with your agent and, you know, you kind of agree on what you're thinking money wise and hopefully your name's called and you work that deal. Yeah. That's how so that did, process works. So did you, you play for those scout teams starting what your freshman, sophomore year? Yeah, so I was I was typically a young guy on those scout teams. I started off with a uh, the Kansas City Royals team when I was in ninth grade. Uh, most of those guys were juniors and seniors, um, so I got a lot of exposure there using a wood bat um, and catching. You know, at fourteen, with a lot of these guys going to Division One or going yeah. into the draft. So um, that you know, along with a couple other guys that were in ninth grade, that alone right there kind of put us on the map early. Um, but yeah, it's a great thing that they still do that out there and um, just gets those kids out there. Yeah. So going into the, it was 2016 you were drafted, right? Uh, 2013. 13. Okay. I I'm, I don't know where I saw 16. Oh, 16. Yeah, I'm getting South old. Bend. That's <laughs> yeah, 16 yeah. South Bend. That that's my bad. But uh, so going into that 13 draft, you knew you were going to get drafted, or did you have a pretty high like sensibility? You thought you were going to be drafted? Um. Yeah, I knew I was going to be drafted. Um. It, it was a weird situation because you, you know, you're going to get drafted. Um, but I was kind of in a situation where I heard a couple things, you know, oh, he's going to go, you know, in the third round, the fourth round and blah, blah, blah. So I kind of prepared for that and what I wanted. And then, um, you know, there's pre-draft things that you can do with teams and um, there's a bunch of that different stuff. But yeah, I knew I was going to get drafted, just not really where. That's yeah. kind of the thing. So, okay. So, what types uh, did the Cubs were, were they one of those teams that had one of those sit down meetings with you at your house? Actually, they weren't. Um, surprisingly, I I had two private workouts with the Cubs, um, and there was only really one other team that I had two workouts with. Um, I probably did a total of ten or twelve um, with different teams. I'm um, a couple with two two workouts with one team but uh yeah i never sat down with the cubs really um i got calls before the draft from the cardinals from the brewers um offering me you know x amount of money and you know we kind of agree on something but things change and that's yeah. kind of how it works and you know i was definitely disappointed um because of what i was told and what i thought i could do but you know everything happens for a reason and you know i was in that spot so yeah. So throughout this time, you were you were obviously getting college offers as well, right? With the type of player you were. Yeah, definitely. So what what was that that put um, signing with the Chicago Cubs, a major league team, out of the draft instead of going back to college or going to college? Um, I always I always say it like this: I, as a, since I was you know two three years old and I could pick up a bat and run on a baseball field, I've only wanted to do that and. In my eyes, when I got the opportunity, um, and I had, and I was going to Cal State Fullerton um, on scholarship. I was going to play baseball there, big baseball school. Um, originally, was going to UCLA, and coaching changes, blah blah blah. Ended up at Cal State Fullerton, um, signing with them at least. But uh, yeah, so it's it's one of those things where I felt comfortable. Um, I was offered by a lot of California schools. Um, I really wanted to go to Miami or Texas, one of those big schools. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's kind of hard. Um, I had a lot of interest from Stanford. 
Um, probably Stanford and Oregon were the two biggest ones at the time when I first kind of, when I was about a freshman or so. Um, UCLA was also there, but um, I used to go to the UCLA camps when I was in sixth grade and seventh grade and even younger than that. So I, I got a relationship with their head coach and um, they wanted me to go there, but my grades weren't good enough to get into UCLA or Stanford. So yeah, I had yeah. to, uh, yeah, Stanford would have been awesome, but the coach kind of had to write me off after he called my high school coach. My high school coach goes, yeah, he'd love to go, but he, he won't survive there. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Cal State Fullerton was a great baseball school. Um, not as challenging academically. So, and it was 15 minutes from where I went to high school. So it would have been nice to go there, but, uh, yeah, I got the opportunity, man. And, and I took it and yeah. I, I don't regret it. I really yeah. don't. So, uh, when those colleges started reaching out to you, was it about the same time you started playing on those scout teams? Uh, yeah, for the most part, most of them, um, UCLA, I was there, like I said, for camps earlier. My best friend was their bat boy growing up. So I was able to be around the team and I was able to be around the coach a lot. So he saw me growing up through travel ball and always had interest. And then, you know, when I got to ninth grade, he said, you know, you're coming here. And then, you know, grades weren't horrible. It was more so what were the courses I was taking and, yeah. uh, they weren't challenging enough and it was going to be really hard for me to get in there and actually survive there. So their uh, assistant coach who I really enjoyed, he got the head coach job, head coaching job at Cal State Fullerton. And then that's when I decided to officially sign with them. Okay. Okay. And did you sign with them before your senior year, junior year? What was that? Um, there's a period. Uh, I don't know how it's typically the national signing day. I think it's in, I'm not sure. I think it's your junior year or senior year. Um, I'm not exactly sure. Okay. I know you can't officially sign until uh, – I'm not exactly sure on that one. Okay, that's no that's no, no biggie. But, okay, so let's get into draft day for you. So the drafts, it's a three-day process. You mm -hmm. said you weren't sure when you were going to get drafted, but what was that draft like week like? So were you with your family, your agent? Uh, what was that all about? Yeah, um, mostly just in talks with my agent um, and really just kind of waiting. Um, that's all you can really do. Uh, you just – you talk to your agent. He, he kind of just – he's the middleman with everything, and he kind of feeds you the info he's getting. And, um, you know, you hope and pray, and, and you kind of hang out. I remember day – I knew I, I – we tuned in day one, but day two was really going to be my day. Um, so then I remember, um, having people over and then I didn't get drafted, um, but I got drafted that last day and I actually wasn't even at home. I was at the high school cause I was so upset Yeah, and I was like hitting baseballs with my brother and then I ended up getting a call. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how that worked for me. Yeah. So can you take me through that call? Uh, yeah. So I got a call from my agent and, um, he said, Hey, uh, so I know it's not what you wanted, but, you know, the Cubs, they really, really like you. And, you know, they they took you and they think it's a steal. And, you know, they really like you a lot. So, you know, we'll talk about it. So it was one of those things where we didn't really speak much about it. But um, later on down, a couple of weeks later, once everything settled, that's when we started to talk money. And, you know, you talk contract and all that good stuff. Yeah. So how, what were the days like and the weeks like after the draft? You said it took you a while to sign the contract, but how long was it before you were in Mesa? 
Oh man, I honestly waited to sign my contract until the last possible day. Okay. Um, I did that uh, because my agent agreed that it would possibly get me more money if I waited out a little bit. Um, problem was, is Chris Bryant was drafted the first round that year. And obviously Chris is going to get priority, which yeah, makes sense. He, obviously. He, he waited too, right? Wasn't he like, he didn't him. And yeah. Scott he Morris he actually out? signed the same day I did. That's, That's why what I, I, I always tell people we signed on the same day. Like I went in the office, like right after he did, he just signed it. I walked in, signed mine, took my picture. And then our lockers are right next to each other cool. just because, yeah. And I got to hang out with him and, uh, but our lockers are right next to each other. So it was pretty funny because I was like, man, I'm just trying to squeak a little bit more out. But, uh, yeah, Boris was his agent, so you know how that works. And yeah, he's gonna try to squeak out every penny he can get. And I understand he's a first rounder priority. So yeah, uh, I tried. At least I tried. And, yeah. and then I ended up signing um, for what I originally agreed on, or sort of agreed on. And then I I went with it. But yeah. that's kind of well, how it went. Uh, Boris is probably gonna be doing that again for Bryant this off season. He's a free agent again. Oh yeah, no, he's uh, and that's why he's so good. He's just he he's able to to just squeak and squeak it out. <laughs> yeah. I remember cuz I mean I was a Cubs fan growing up so I went to all the Cubs conventions. Oh yeah. And uh so um it was the year before it was so it was 14 the year before Bryant was called up and he had that like uh dispute the Cubs and Boris about calling Bryant up. So Yeah, when they were trying to keep him down so they don't Yeah. Yeah, so Boris said Chris Bryant will show up to the Cubs convention, like meet like the the open ceremony, but he's leaving right away. He won't be signing any autographs, and that was just his way to showing the Cubs that like like kind of screw you for oh, uh, wow. doing this. I didn't I th- even like, that. at wow. the time I was like thirteen, I was upset, but I mean I understand it now. Oh yeah, you understand it because it's and and I remember hearing about it, but more so because I watched the talent that this guy had and I watched that he deserved to be there and a team like the Cubs to want a penny pinch. And, you know, I I don't, I don't think it was necessary. I think he was ready and obviously he proved he was ready. I mean, I mean, he would have, he would have been a free agent this year, uh, this uh, previous off. Exactly. And I get it. And I, and I understand it from the Cubs standpoint as well. I get it from both sides. I really do. But yeah. Um, I it's don't know. Just, I just believe he was he's he's ready to go. You know, let him go. Yeah, it's a rule that should probably be changed in the upcoming. I agree. Season. Yeah, and I think it. I think it has a chance to honestly. Yeah. So, um, you said your agent works for MVP Sports Group. When did you? What was his name? And when did you get in contact with him? Um. So my agent, my initial agent, the main agent uh, is Dan Lozano. Um, and then the agent that I dealt with the most was Mike Rodriguez. He now is an agent with, uh, rock nation. Um, but he was my guy for years. Um, and then I also dealt with Matt Hannaford, Brian Hannaford, all those guys over there are great. Um, they took care of me. Um, but how that process really worked was, um, kind of like I talked about earlier, the exposure, um, you know, agents ears start to open too, not just major league teams. Yeah. So they also start to scout as well. And they start to hear things on, you know, all oh, this kid at this small school in LA, you know, he's really good. He throws 96, you know, let's go check him out. So, you know, what they'll do is they'll try and, you know, they'll approach you as advisors because they can't do anything yeah. more than that. Yeah. Um, but they'll approach you as advisors and say, Hey, you know, Pretty much you make a verbal agreement. You can't sign anything. You can't do anything. It's against the rules, obviously. So 
you pretty much they come up to you and they tell you what they do and how they do it and if you feel comfortable um, i didn't make a decision that day um i definitely held off and and talked about it with my family but um i felt like and it was it was the there was two real big agencies um they were they were the first one and uh yeah he just pretty much made they made me feel real comfortable and i ended up signing with them verbally and then once the draft happened and i signed my contract then they were officially my agent yeah so they started reaching out to you your senior year or was it a little bit before yeah that? uh it was my senior year okay well that's how most advisor agents work right you verbally just work with them as an advisor until you're drafted pretty much yeah you you can't put anything in writing it's pretty much just verbal agreement um draft comes you sign your contract once you're officially a professional um, you go and then they're your agent. Um, because yeah. even if you sign, say you get drafted and you sign a document, if you don't sign your contract with the team, you lose eligibility yeah. in college. So these guys, you have to make sure, you know, that you sign your contract first and you know, you're going to play professionally, then you go and do it. So, yeah. so what was it that made you pick MVP sports group? Um, those guys were just, you know, I, I was, I could really relate to them. They were younger guys. Um, they were hip, you know, they dressed real nice and, um, they were just real hip dudes. They were, they were young like me and, and I could relate to them a lot more. Um, and they were fun and, and we did fun things and they always took care of us. That was the biggest thing. And, and I always tell people, you know, I was not an early draft pick by any means, and um, they thought and I thought I was going to be an early draft pick, but I wasn't. And even though I wasn't, they still treated me like I was a first round draft pick. They yeah. never treated me. They never treated me like I was not as good as they are, you know, as the first rounder they have. They always treated me the same. They always took care of me the same. So I have a lot of respect for those guys in that aspect because, you know, it's easy for an agency to kind of put a guy on a back burner because he didn't get paid what you thought he was going to get paid. Yeah. You know, so that was really nice. And, you know, even to the day I retired, I even even when I got done with the Cubs, they were still there to say, hey, do you want to keep playing? What do you want to keep doing? Um, so that was that was really nice to have them there, too. Yeah. So what were some of the things that stood out to you from initial um, like initial talks with other agents? So when they would reach out to you, like what are some things that stood out to you? Um, They just. A lot of it was more so I feel like being a high school kid um, and just the wow factor because of all of the guys that they had with them. Um, and at the time they had Votto, Donaldson, Machado. They had, you know, they had the biggest names, um, pool holes, all these big name guys. And, and I was like, man, they must be good. You know, they got to be good. That's yes. what I first thought <laughs> uh, being a high school kid, not really knowing. And then I, you know, and then I, was able to hang out with the guys and just, it was more so just the way that they talked to me. They didn't, I feel like I chose MVP more so because Mike and Brian and Matt talked to me like one of my friends. They didn't talk to me like it was a business and they didn't talk to me like it was a money thing. They would call me like my friend would and say, what's up T what's up, man. How's it going? How are you swinging it? How's, you know, how, how's your body? How's everything feeling? You know, and they, they would do stuff like that. So, you know, even when I was in high school, they did that stuff. So yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of, you know, just, they, they really treated me like, like a friend and that's what was cool about it. Yeah. So did you have any sit down presentations with any of these agents or was it mostly just phone calls and just meeting in person? 
Uh, it was more so uh, phone calls, but I remember the the conversation we had was after one of my high school games. Um, the main agent that owns the company and the agent that deals with the minor leaguers they showed up um, to watch me play. And when the game was over, I, I didn't I didn't know they were there at all. But I was walking out to the parking lot and uh, they they grabbed me. And that's where we kind of talked. And then he said that he would call me. And then a couple of days later, they gave me a call. And then I think they came to one more game. Um, and then we talked again. And and I think a couple of days later, I made a phone call and agreed to, to work with them. So, all right. All right. So what advice would you give to an up and coming agent? Like as in terms of reaching out to potential clients and recruits? I the advice I'd give would be just to act yourself. Don't try and be too, um, too professional. If that, that sounds yeah. weird, but, um, you know, Makes just sense. talk to them like they're your buddy. Uh, because I know I always appreciated that. So that would be my advice. Just talk to them like they're one of your buddies, you know, text them like they're your buddy, say what's up, see how they're doing, you know, stuff like that. Guys, guys that are of that stature most of the time, they're so used to people and a lot of the time you'll see a lot of people that are just trying to get out, get them for their money or trying to get after them. And um, when you just got people that really care about you that say, Hey, what's up, man? How's everything going? How's life? You know, that really means a lot to guys that play pro ball. It does. Yeah. And when you had that initial conversation with MVP, um, did, could you tell that they were more like not as perfect? Not that's not the term I want, but, but like, I, yeah, I like friends type. No. Yeah. They, you know, and they, they came dressed and, you know, when you think of like an agent, you think of guys in suits and nice sunglasses and their hair done and nice hair and walking up with, you know, radar guns and this and that. But these guys walked up and they were in Lululemon and, you know, wearing runners and, you know, coming up with Oakley shades on just, yeah. you know, hanging out with snapbacks on just hanging out and um, watching a baseball game. So it was pretty cool. All right. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about your professional career as a whole so you end up playing in eugene south bend myrtle beach and then for the smokies i'm not sure where the smokies play at in tennessee um that's a little bit it's right outside of knoxville um it's in severeville okay okay so what were so what was the best place to play and like which city do you think was the best um in my opinion i would say the best affiliate I got to play with would have to be probably South Bend. Well, hell yeah, uh, let's go. Oh, for sure. South Bend for sure. Uh a lot of guys will say that too from the organization. I'll I'll tell you right now. Uh the atmosphere was great. Um we always had a packed stadium. Uh the field was pristine. Um clubhouse was awesome. The food was great. Uh everything about it was awesome. Love that league. That league in general was my favorite league to play in. Yeah. Um, it had great competition, a lot of prospects, a lot of really nice stadiums. Um, and the bus rides really weren't that bad most of the time. Unless yeah. you were going across, you know, to quad cities or if you were going to, you know, you know, there's a couple seven hours, but most of them are, you know, a couple. Uh, we had Fort Wayne here, but um the best city. Uh, I'm trying to think. The best city I've played in, in the minors. Man, I, I really enjoyed Eugene, okay. uh, the University of Oregon. I really did. I really enjoyed that area. Um, I thought that was a cool little area. Um, Let me think. 
God, there's so many cool places. I love, honestly, I would probably have to say when we played, I would say Knoxville is awesome. I like okay. Knoxville. That, yeah, not, the area of Knoxville is pretty cool. Um, I can't, I'm sure there's some other really cool ones, but I can't think off the top of my head. But yeah, going back to the Midwest League, though, like when you said top prospects, I mean, that league produces top prospects. Like, I mean, the year before you were in South Bend, I mean, Torres was in South Bend. Oh, yeah. The year you were there was Eloy. I think yep. Vladdy and Bichette played that year, too, or might have been 17. No, they played They played in 17, yeah. Okay. All right. And oh, like yeah. It was Wander insane. Franco now, like he played in there just a few years ago. Oh, yeah. But, like, I was a big autograph guy back when I was a little kid. So, mm-hmm. honestly, I've probably asked you for your autograph when I was, like, a 12-year-old. Oh, I'm sure you probably you probably have it somewhere. That's crazy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I would always follow the top prospects in the league and, like, okay. you know, like oh, like, hey, Vladdy Jr.'s playing in South Bend this weekend. Let's go. But um, Oh, so yeah, what, no, it's – yeah, that league, I'll tell you, I faced – there were some pitchers that I faced in that league, man, that were lights out. That yeah. were some of the best – some of the best pitchers I faced. I mean – I remember – I don't remember quite – I don't remember his name. Um, he was a young Cuban. Um, There's two of them, actually. But one with the Cardinals, he was a starter. Um, young, skinny Cuban kid, probably 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, and he was sitting 98 to 101 to start the Ooh. game. To start the game. He was a starter. And um, didn't really – and he was still young. I think he was maybe 19 years old. So he had – I don't think he really had much of a breaking ball at that point, but he threw flames and he was throwing strikes and he was just lights out. Another, there's a guy with the Dodgers, another Cuban guy that got a lot of money that was above a hundred sitting above a hundred. So, you know, you see guys on a constant, I mean, anybody out of the bullpen in that league was throwing either 93 or above, I mean, on a day to day basis. So it was tough, tough league to hit in for sure. Yeah, and at the time you were still a catcher, right? Because didn't you switch to first base at the end of your career? Yeah, so I I caught, and then I ended up having some knee issues, and then really more so my elbow. Um, so that kind of set me back, and I ended up playing more first base than anything. Yeah. So what bat were you repping? Um, so I used a couple, uh, but I would say late in early in my career, I used Chandler. Um, I, I fiddled around with pretty much every company, but mostly Chandler. And then towards the end of my career, probably the last two or three years, I used Victus. Okay. So what other equipment did you use? Like, did you have any contract deals? Um, no, I did not. Okay. So yeah, I had a, so I had a deal. Um, well, so I had an agent, so my agent, how that works is you get a $2,000 allotment. Um, so essentially you do cause you don't pay for anything, but um, so it's like a $2,000 allotment. That's really all they can give you. There's a rule, um, no matter who you are, even at the major league level, but all those guys obviously have deals, so they don't yeah. use that money. Um, so you like you gave me this money or was it from a company? Yep. The agency. Okay. So the agency gives you an allotment of how much you, it's pretty much just a little bank account and you're able to pull, um, that $2,000 goes pretty quick, especially, um, as a catcher. Um, uh, yeah. but I wore, I wore all-star gear. Um, and then I used an all-star glove. I wore Nike cleats or New Balance. And then um, batting gloves, Nike or Franklin. And then, yeah, bats, Victus or Chandler, pretty much. Yeah. So um, what were some of the crazy stories you got from fans in your time playing in the minors? Like just in uh, terms of like 
just someone being like really weird, asking you some weird questions or stuff like that? Oh man, we've had one, one story. I mean, it's not a very long story, but playing actually, you know what? There's your answer for earlier from earlier. Uh, Vancouver, Canada was the coolest city I've ever played in ever okay. by, right. far. by far. There it is right there. I just thought of it. So <clears throat> those guys, by the way, are crazy over there. The fans are nuts. Um, so it's the Vancouver Canadians. It's in the Northwest league. Um, it's the Toronto blue Jays short season team. Um, so it's a great, great place to play. Uh, they pack the stadium, the stadium pretty much sits on top of you. So everybody's just right on top of you. Uh, they, there's hecklers. They remember your girlfriend's name. They know your mom's name. They know your, oh, it's, it's fun. So a lot of stuff like that, where they're, you know, they're drinking a little bit and, the beer garden down the down the side uh they'll try to pass you beer and hey bro you want to have a beer with us you want to have a beer with us like a lot of the pitchers <laughs> yeah a lot of the pitchers would uh be hanging out on the side of the bullpen and they'd come over and hey you want you want a beer you want a beer and uh so stuff like that's pretty funny but yeah they would just heckle you so i i never really remember um i've never really had a fan run on the field at a game i played in honestly more so just like fun funny stuff like that yeah. More than anything. So what are some of the other stories that come to mind when you think about your uh, baseball career? Man, oh, I could sit here for days. And my I mean, that's all right. My buddy, I mean. And my and my buddies that and my buddies that are really close with me that I played ball with, they would they would attest to these and but no man, oh god. Oh, I just remember um even talking about Vancouver, it's 19 and older to go out. So I remember being 20 playing for the Eugene Emeralds being a, you know, just still a kid. Yeah. Being able to go out. I remember having a, a blast. We went to some, some like club in downtown. And I felt, I remember I felt so cool because I was able to get in without trying to like, you know, either sneak in, yeah. or go, you know, so that, that was, those were some fun memories. I remember, you know, some Uber rides that were funny. I remember, uh, do you remember the uh, the rapper at South Bend at one point? Um, remember like he, John Williamson? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do he, remember. He he, he blew it. up. Yeah, his his that one song blew up on. Yeah, and he kind of went big for a little bit, like just his just that song. Um, but he still makes good music. Still, um, I haven't talked to him forever, but no, I I even recorded a couple of his Uber freestyles that went viral and stuff like that. So just like cool stuff like that yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of fun memories i have man yeah did you have any good, uh, cool stories playing ball in mesa at the spring training complex oh yeah man um yeah so i got a chance to play in quite a few major league games um when i was there for spring training i got to fill in um but yeah taking the field man in front of sixteen thousand, you know at sloan sloan park it's uh it's crazy it's different. It's definitely different. I, uh, I've played in front of a lot before, but playing in front of Cubs fans and that many of them, um, it was, it was chilling. It was, it was really cool. And it was also, uh, nerve wracking, but, um, no, it was awesome. Stuff like that's great. Yeah. So you played your last season in affiliate ball. Was that 2018? I no, Yes. 2018. And then I played through spring training with the Cubs and then um, actually signed a contract to play in the, in the majors in Mexico um, because I have Mexican blood. So there's long story short, 
they're able to pick me up without using a import spot. So what they wanted to do was just pick me up and um, pretty much you get a free American is what, is what it is because I'm Mexican 25%. That's all really. But um, long story short, never met my grandfather who was Mexican and I needed to show birth records to prove and it never happened. Mm -hmm. So it fell through um, and it was actually a great paying league. Like you get paid really good to play there too. And I was pretty bummed. Um, and then I actually was going to retire then. And then I said, you know what, I'm going to give it one more year. Um, I was going to play independent ball out West more. Um, the American association has some teams. Um, but I, I honestly wanted to stay close to Elkhart where I live. Yeah. Um, so for me, you know, playing right around Chicago for my last year was nice. I was able to go home on off days. My family and friends were able to come and see me play. So I enjoyed that more so than even, you know, playing maybe in a better league or. Yeah. Or, yeah. And that, that team, the independent team in Chicago, they're called the Windy City Dogs, right? Uh, no. So there's so there's two. There's a, the American Association, which is typically going to be um, some ex-big league players, some double um, A players, a lot of triple A players. Um, a lot of guys actually get picked up from there from teams as like an extra spot and even yeah. make it to the big leagues a lot of the time. Um, it's a very competitive league. It's probably your most competitive. It's it's going to be AAA talent. Like it's 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 literally a AAA league. Yeah. Um, and it's actually affiliated with Major League Baseball. That's the Chicago Dogs, and then the team I played for was in the Frontier League, which was the Windy City Thunderbolts, which okay. is Crestwood. It's probably 25, 30 minutes south um, of. Uh, towards okay, so Olympic how Park. long was that drive to Elkhart? Um, it was about an hour and a half. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too too bad. Um, for the most part, unless there was traffic. But yeah, I didn't I didn't come home every single off day. But on some days where I was able to or had something going on here, um, I would leave. So yeah. it was nice. Yeah. So what was that main difference between independent ball and playing affiliated ball for the Cubs? Oh, everything, man. Everything. <laughs> Uh, it's a whole different world in independent ball. You, uh, you forget how good you have it in affiliated ball. Uh, when you, when you definitely go to independent, it's, uh, it's a whole different ball game. You, uh, you get hand-me-down unis, you get bad clubhouses, you get bad fields, you get bad umpires. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's a tough league. I give those guys respect that kind of hang out in those leagues and play for a long time and really try to chase that dream because, Man, I played affiliate for six years, and the Cubs really take care of you. And I remember, God, even, you know, clubbies. Clubbies wouldn't do anything in independent ball. The clubbies we used to have in affiliated ball would, you know, God, they would do everything. In double A, yeah. they in double A they pack your own bag and put it on the bus for you. I mean, you know what I mean? So yeah. it, it's a different world. It's a whole different world. So, yeah, he, uh, it's, it's so much different. But when it comes to the baseball, um, the competition is completely different. It's, it's more so going to be, you, you get a lot of, uh, NAIA players in the league I played in, you get a lot of NAIA players, you get a lot of low level affiliate players that were released. Um, and then you also have a couple handful of guys that have a lot of experience, um, in affiliate ball. So like I was six years, I think I had the most along with, um, another buddy, actually, you probably remember him, Matt Rose, 
Yeah, he played first base. Yep, first base and third base. So Matt Rose is actually one of my really good buddies. I played against him in my last year. He played for the Schomburg uh, Boomers. So he he played double-A ball. I played up to double-A ball. So we were the two most experienced in the league. The rest of the guys, like I said, were um, either non-drafted, NAIA, D2, D3, some D1 guys, some senior D1. We had a cut. We had a Oklahoma State, Ole Miss guys. Um, so you, you get some good players. They're just um, inexperienced in professional baseball. So it's a good thing for a lot of those young guys to go through that at least. Yeah. So um, oh, or, go ahead. No, that's it. That was it. Okay. So uh, what are some? Who are some other dudes that you stayed in contact with that you played ball through affiliated ball with? Oh man, I I met a lot of a lot of guys that I would consider like my brothers. Um, I'm really still really close with Adbert Azale, who's now in the big leagues. Yeah. Uh, um, still really close with Eloy, uh, who's now a stud, obviously. Uh, still really good friends with um, PJ Higgins, who okay. will be in the big league soon with the Cubs. He's in AAA. Um, God, there's a million guys uh, from affiliate ball, Straub, Tyler Straub, uh, Blair, bunch of guys. There's, there's so many guys I could list, man, that I still even talk to this day. Um, guys that will be at my wedding in uh, in June, so it's All right. crazy. Where's that wedding at? Like Oh, in Vegas, man. Vegas? Oh, wow, that's a, that's a great place to put it at. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, and I, uh, I went to Vegas last Labor Day, and it was pretty bad still with the COVID and yeah. Yeah, everything being shut down. And I have some family that – my whole family's still back in L.A., um so i have some family that's been there and said it's way better a lot of things are everything's open back up and it's way more fun so we're looking forward to it yeah it's gonna be fun. Well, lagrange and elkhart's open back up now too aren't they yeah they are now okay yeah because down in southern indiana we're not as open yet it's kind of okay kinda, i'm looking forward to going home but so you so you're in southern indiana right now yeah so i'm at, i go to iu it's, oh okay cool. it's about an hour south of indy Oh yeah, I know exactly. Bloomington, right? Yeah. Cool. So, I'm. Have you been here before selling RVs? Um, no. My uh, my actually, my uh, fiance went there. Oh really? Okay. Yep. Cool. She's yeah, she's a lot older than me. Not really. I'm just I'm gonna say that so she yeah. hears that and gets mad. Yeah. <laughs> no, but she yeah, she went there for a couple of years. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, what was that process like transferring, uh, transitioning from a professional ball player to working somewhere else? Oh, it was hard, man. Um, so I ended up when I when I signed my contract with the Cubs um, in there, I had my college paid for. So I how that works is you have a year after you end up retiring and you sign your retirement. Um, you have one year to claim this pretty much with the Cubs. Um, you get the loan and you do the whole process and then the Cubs will pay you back for it. That's okay. pretty much how it works. So, OK on the school you sign with so like i signed with cal state fullerton so i wouldn't have gotten much money to go to school because cal state fullerton isn't a very expensive school um but guys that have stanford signs you know they're going to get a good amount of money to go to school so some of those guys choose that route i got very lucky and um met met some good guys that gave me a great opportunity in the business Um, it's a very hard industry to get into i got very lucky um, but it was hard. It was very hard. I had to pretty much learn how to use a computer all over again. I hadn't used one since high school. So it was a solid six, seven years. Um, yeah. had to teach myself how to use Excel, 
you know, how to learn how to actually type the right way. So I got a hang of it now. I've learned, you know, I've learned a computer pretty well by now. It's almost been, you know, it's been a year and a half since yeah. I started there. So it's, it's different, but, um, I like it, man. It's, it's, it's a really good job and great career. And, um, I got great people around me. So, yeah. So what RV company do you work for now? Um, so the main, the main company is Forest River. Okay. Um, but I sell Cedar Creeks. We are, uh, luxury fifth wheels and we sell destination trailers, which are essentially, um, a really nice trailer that is not meant to take on the road all the time. And you park it and you can build a deck on it and you can put it by the lake or whatever you want. And okay. they're really luxury. They're real nice. Okay. So what job responsibilities do you have? Um, so what I do is I'm assigned a territory and essentially, what I do is I have to sell my product to dealerships in that territory. Um, I'm very lucky that I get to sell Cedar Creek because it's a great territory or it's a great brand. Um, and it, you know, it speaks for itself. So um, what I do is I approach dealers and I try and sell the unit to them. And we pretty much come up on an agreement and they place orders. And um, I'll typically go out to dealerships and train their sales team there to sell my units on their yard. Um, and then we do shows when they throw a show for their dealership with sales, I'll go over and, you know, product knowledge. Um, but a lot of it, man, is just really, uh, training when you go out and there's a lot of traveling involved. Um, but yeah, it's pretty, right. it's, it's pretty nice for the most part. Yeah. Cause like I said, like I told you earlier, when I uh, became friends with you on Facebook, I saw Forest River. I wasn't sure if you were like on the line producing. Oh, I've, I've worked. I've worked on the line before, man. When I uh, when I was in minor league baseball and I was making nothing um, in the off season, I ended up getting a job working the line. And I remember days where it was, you know, 10 degrees outside snowing and I had to go out there and unload showers and unload yeah. all the stuff for the RVs um and go in the creeks and try to get metal out so it doesn't contaminate and all this different stuff so i understand now being on the sales side of it i understand what our guys go through so i respect our guys at work oh yeah. it's it's so hard they 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 pump them out man yeah so um when you were still playing professional ball you'd be back in the indiana area um, in the off season, I was okay. Okay, I didn't realize actually that. towards well towards the end of my career. Um, so I've lived here for about two two and a half years. So yeah, so more so I would say um, my last season when I finished up in Double A, and then when I finished up in indie ball, I was already in Indiana. So okay. it's been it's been a couple years. So yeah, okay. the beginning of my career, I was always back in California in the off season. Um, towards the end, I was in Indiana. Okay. And that's because your fiance, right? Yep. So we, yeah. So I honestly was just doing lessons in California in my off season, working out, um, trying to make some extra money, doing what I could. Um, and I really didn't have much going on and she had a full-time job here and she had, you know, everything established here. So I said, you know what, if you want to try to make this work, you know, I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to move out there. So I moved out here to see how it was. Um, and then kind of went back and forth for a little bit and then ended up uh, making the move here for good okay and are you, you you talk about um some training lessons are you doing any lessons right now if someone reaches out to you like oh yeah players? i do uh so i actually do lessons at the south bend cubs performance center right now. okay okay yep so i do lessons there on uh mondays wednesdays and sundays right now um but yeah so i just started there a couple 
couple months ago. Really okay. enjoy it. Um, Mark Haley, who runs the whole place, he's a very, very big, uh, big baseball guy. Great knowledge. He's been in professional baseball for God, I don't know how long. Um, but he was a manager for the Silverhawks a couple years back when they were with the Diamondbacks, and he's been he's been around for a long time, and um, he treats me great, and and they're great over there. So I enjoy doing my lessons over there all the time. Yeah. So I got one more question for you. So, like we talked about earlier before we started recording the podcast, you went to my parents' bar for a little bit, and I told you that we're about to open up a new one in LaGrange. Mm-hmm. What are a few things you'd like to see on that menu? A few things I'd like to see on that menu. Like alcohol or even certain types of food. So, and I'll, and, and I'll come in. You know I will. I'm, my, okay. hey, my, my, office, my, my office is 15 minutes from there. And I'm, I, when I tell you I go to my maps and look up restaurants all the time to try, I'm not kidding you, man. There's nothing. So okay. well, I'm going to have to try it. I'll make sure I have to serve you when I'm back in town. Oh, for sure, man. Um, man. I love, God, I'm trying to think what kind of, so can you give me an idea of what kind of food are they going to be doing food? Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot like Copper Top. So if you remember Copper Top had those monster burgers. Oh, the burgers are awesome. Awesome burgers. It's going to be close to that. Yeah. I like, uh, I love the burgers, man. Keep the burgers as long. Hey, as long as there's a mushroom Swiss burger there, I'm good. All right. Well, that's what I'll say. I'm talking to my dad after I get done with this recording, so I'll have to make sure to tell him. Okay, cool, because I'll, I'll come in for sure, definitely for lunch, so that'd be fun. All right, and then uh, we're, we're having a lot of bourbons. We're going to be known for our bourbon, but also oh, yeah. like a lot of craft beer, but we'll also have like domestic, so like Michelob, Bud. Oh, cool. So Sweet, what, ty- what type of alcohol do you like? Uh, So, God, when I drink either – I'm a beer guy for the most part. I love yeah, Dos Equis yeah. Lager. I'll drink, I'll drink Bud Light. Usually it's Bud Light or Michelob for the most part, okay. just because. But uh, yeah, man, I'll drink, I'll drink. God, if I get real crazy, tequila, but not on my lunch break. <laughs> yeah, of course. But well, I appreciate cool. you coming on. I'll make no sure problem. to when we open up the new bar, I'll have a Michelob on on my tab for you. So oh, you're the man. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for coming on, and I'll talk to you sometime soon. All right, bro. You have a good one, man. Man, what an interview. I just want to thank Tyler Alamo for coming on the show. I definitely say this is one of my favorite episodes so far. I'm going to say this ends the Friday episodes for a while now. I've been doing three straight weeks of Friday episodes. We'll be going back to just one episode on Mondays each week. But next week, we've got another pro athlete coming on the show as we've got former Mad Ant, DJ McCall. We've also got my former boss coming on the week after that, Jordan Bontrager. He's a Westview dude. Some of you Westview guys might want to tune into that. Just a great list of guests coming on these next next few weeks, next month and a half or so. So make sure to check that out, and I'll catch you all this Monday.